Now breathe in and out. One, two, three, breathe, breathe, breathe. and welcome to another episode of Stoned and Social. This is the podcast where we get stoned and then we get social. I'm your host, Nat, and today we're going to be talking about something very, very interesting. We're going to be talking about the five love languages because whether you love it or loathe it, you won't miss that Valentine's Day is coming up. I promise you, they're not going to let you forget. And so with me today, I thought I would have someone who really loves weed and has a fair amount of knowledge about love and these languages. Victoria, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. We're talking about some interesting stuff today. I'm excited. Me too. Now, Victoria, we always say what we're stoned on because this is the stoned and social podcast. That's right. That's right. (laughs) What do you got today? What are you stoned on? Today, I have some granddaddy perp, Berkshire roots, some local stuff. Uh, I'm dabbing some butter and real lost opportunity to be in Boston and not call it butter, I have to say. Shout out. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. But it's pretty good stuff. I was going to say, anytime I mess with granddaddy perp, I'm like, oof, I forget. I'm like, oof, I'm not ready for granddaddy. (laughs) Yeah, I warmed up. I made sure I could do it and and still have a good conversation. I, you know, I, this is, I test run this before I showed up here today. Good. For science, of course. (laughs) For science, for science. Yeah. All of that was in preparation, not for recreation. (laughs) I am. I'm using this crazy new like disposable vape from 3G and so this is just their Delta 8 disposable vape but I am obsessed with like the size and how sleek it looks very futuristic. I feel like yeah this makes me feel like I'm in space with medicine where I'm like yes got space me. medicine that's what yeah. that <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, so. yeah. I recently got a new a new vape and and it's been an interesting experience for me to try a dryer vape for the first time getting a new vape is always like it's it always feels like you're meeting someone new it's like a blind date you're like i don't know how you're gonna feel how deep i need to take this hit how long i hold it and so um it's always like a trial and error thing yep you know and dabs always scared scared the crap out of me for the longest time just a blowtorch you know like <laughs> I've, I've messed around with enough hookahs and dropped enough coals on the rug to know that like I should not have mm-hmm. active fire mm-hmm. in my hand like while I'm smoking so yep. yeah <laughs> so I was That's put off for a while but these little these little devices now they're a lot they're a lot easier oh, for yeah. me yeah that's me and open flames just sounds like a fucking disaster and so exactly. I, feel that. I feel that to my core I'm like uh-uh. yeah like someone wants to give me dabs cool but me doing it myself nah no thanks I'll, I'll exactly pass. 
<laughs> I'll pass. Well, Victoria, we are talking today about the five love languages. And when we come back from a word from our sponsors, then we're going to get right into that. Psst. Did you hear? This week's episode is brought to you by 3Chi. Yeah, 3Chi.com. You know those guys. They're the leaders of Delta 8 and CBD products and all hemp-derived products in the United States. They've been pushing a lot to get these things out into the public for medicinal and recreational use for users like me and, hey, <laughs> who we kidding, like you too. So go on over, head over to 3Chi.com and check out those products. I promise you, you won't want to miss them. Okay, so... Victoria, psychologists have long concluded that the need to feel loved is a primary human emotional need, and without it, you will be emotionally and socially challenged. And I know that we all experience the feeling of love differently, and we all have certain things that make us feel loved. Can you tell us a little bit about the five love languages for people who may not be familiar with it? Sure. Um, so this is a book by Gary Chapman originally, the the five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate is the full mouthful yes. of the of the name. Um, <laughs> it's been on the New York Times bestseller list since 2009. And wow. I think people it really helps them uh, to to put some words to how they like to be told that they're loved. So mm -hmm. the theory that uh, Chapman proposed is that there are five primary love languages, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, gifts, and physical touch. And don't worry, we're going to get into this a little bit more. And that people tend to give love the way they receive it is what he suggests. Uh, and that e even if it's not um, the other person's love language. So this is where people can often trip up is, is not realizing what the other person's love language is. And they try and and do mm -hmm. things to express their love in a way that uh, is not really seen by their partner in the same yeah. way. So Chapman suggests that by identifying your primary and secondary love languages and letting your partner know what they are um, and having some language around that, that you will give and receive love with your partner a lot more effectively. That makes sense. Because I think if you're not really digging in that deep, it's really easy to go, this is what I like. So let me do that for someone else. And we do that with with it. A lot of things that we do with food, with movies, with television, with music, we're like, we like it. So you must like it too. And it's not always, it's not always like that. Yeah. And another thing too, is that I don't even think a lot of people think about these things for themselves, like how you like to be shown that you're loved. And just even thinking about this gives, I think, every relationship a bit of a leg up to have some sort of shared language around it and just to even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get started on these because I'm I'm mm -hmm. ready to dig in. And one of the first ones is the words of affirmation. And so we're going to try and put a little stoner spin on these because we're talking about love. We know that V-Day is coming up, but we're also stoner. So we're just going to add a little stoner flair to it. So the words of affirmation is if this is someone's primary love language, then you can make them feel or you feel loved by showing encouragement and empathizing with your partner, as well as telling them how much you appreciate them. This, I feel like, often includes like compliments or little, little ways to show your partner that you are actually seeing them and that you are taking a notice. And I know it's, 
it's different, right? You know, everyone doesn't necessarily read compliments and things the same way. So I do feel like with this in particular, if you're, if you're a person who likes being told you're pretty or you're smart or you had a great idea, this could be an indicator that words of affirmation are your, your jam. Like I, I really feel like that. And then for the stoner aspect of it, if you will, maybe you're looking for someone who can help you and be there for you for your next re-up. Maybe you used all your shit and you're like, oh, I really, really need it. And they are like, hey, I know you need it. And they're grateful just for the help send someone on a fucking weed delivery adventure i love doing that and you can just you can use these words of affirmation for telling someone how awesome they are at rolling or packing or if they're lighting a dab for you and you're not getting set on fire <laughs> exactly what i love is right when i'm talking with my my non-stoner friends they don't know how to do any of the setup and so i do all of that and all i need is to be seen you know just tell me that you appreciate all that work i'll make you edibles all day long if you just tell me that you yeah. like them <laughs> yes absolutely like just praise me and i'll keep mm -hmm. i'll keep doing it i'll make i make so much butter and i don't like i don't want anything for the butter from my friends but i just want to hear how good the butter worked for them that's it you just yeah. tell me that the butter was bomb and i'm like all right we're good we're good so i think this this on the surface can sound disgenuine if you're if you're praising someone a lot but it doesn't have to be read that way if that's not how you mean it. i think intentions are everything and words really hold a high value for someone with this love language so really choose them wisely whether it's positive or negative it's it's probably going to leave a long-lasting impression with them and so if you are someone who thrives off of words of affirmation or you think your partner does then really be mindful of those verbal displays of affection and validation because they're often the preferred form of intimacy i think for for people who are into this yeah it's it's an interesting one yeah, I, it, it, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you were saying, too, about it being like a, more about what you're saying. And, and just like if you really take a moment and just instead of just saying, like, thanks for rolling the joint, you could compliment the the skill that it took, the finesse, you know, like you, there's there's ways to do it and like really extra see somebody that I think go a really long way, especially for people who this is their primary love language. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the most important thing behind all of these love languages is whether this is how you like to receive or or give this language to someone, you know, this is their love language. It's really going to be about intention and your authenticity behind everything that you're saying. So don't just dole out some empty compliments, like really think about what you're saying before you let the words leave your mouth. I know a lot of us have a problem with that. And it does get better with practice. I feel like mm -hmm. I've practiced this one and it's gotten better over time. Like it feels awkward sometimes <laughs> to just be like, that's a, that's a really good job you did there. And it just kind of, it doesn't feel like it's true, but it goes a lot. It goes a long way words. It really does. It really does. Tell us one of the other top ones. I know um, there's another big one that a lot of people um, scale high on. Right. Yes. Physical touch. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I feel like a very physical person. And this one is a, when I took the test myself, 
to see my love languages was my lowest one. And I was a little bit surprised mm. by that. Um, so this, this category includes sex and physical intimacy, but it also includes like cuddling and, and gentle caressing and touches of, and of comfort when somebody is upset, all fall mm. under this category of physical touch. So if hugs are really important to you, or uh, if you really find that the physical intimacy with your partner is at the top of your list um, of things that that are demonstrate love and importance to you in a relationship, physical touch might be one of your primary love languages. So this includes uh, nonverbal ways of reaching out to your partner, opening up even just your body language, making yourself available for cuddles, all can go a really long way with these types of people. Um, That's a really good way of putting it. I think being open to touch is a big thing I, I also score this is my lowest one i was mm -hmm. not surprised i don't like hugs i don't like touching um i find i find other people gross i don't like when people touch me i'm super <laughs> i'm a i'm a little bit of a germaphobe and so yeah. um i don't necessarily enjoy touch so i wasn't surprised to see that but my my partner this is his top love language and so it's definitely been super eye-opening for for us at least <laughs> for me to have to be like okay how do I make the effort to like touch your hand or like scratch your head or like just at least put my feet on your lap because then I'm opening myself up for touch and I have to be way more mindful of it than he does but I know that he appreciates it so much like I I've noticed such a difference once we learned this about ourselves Oh, that's really great that you found something that worked. It's, yeah, it's it just takes sometimes just talking about it and figuring mm -hmm. it out and, and then you can put in the active effort. But if you don't think in that language, it's really hard to recognize when you're not doing the thing enough for somebody who it is their language. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, for for um, for this as well, I think he he had that sort of idea that I was mentioning where for him that's what he likes and so he is way more um touchy-feely than me I always say you're the girl like you love hugs and cuddles and things yeah. like that and um it's one of those things where like no he's just a people he just loves being touched and for me I'm like all right I'm gonna I'm gonna really go out of my way to do this because he does it to me a lot to the extent where I have to be like no get off me stop it um but that's yeah. his love language so he just he just automatically assumed that was mine as well exactly so okay and lucky for you uh touch feels especially great when you're high at least for me and from uh, you know all the all the people i've talked to about this so this one is really going to be enhanced by uh by smoking, you can you can really kind of steer into the physical touch with massage. Um, there's all kinds of oils, mm. lubes, other topical agents that you can use both with CBD and THC elements in them that can really enhance this kind of physical um, intimacy with your partner. And again, it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be a foot rub. Or, I mean, that could be sexual for you. You know, it, it depends on your, on what lane you're in. you into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a back massage at the end of the day would go so far for a partner who's stressed and really, really appreciates physical touch as part of, as part of their love. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I, I just confessed I to you, Stoner Lights, I hate being touched, but I love massages. Ooh, I love giving and receiving massages. And this is an easy way for me to to get that physical touch in for someone whose love language that is. So it, you're right. It doesn't have to be sexual. It can be just it can be therapeutic. It can just be really a nice way to reach out and touch someone, an arm squeeze, whatever. Um, yeah, I like I like that you pointed that out because I think on the surface, we come to think that physical touch is the buildup of, you know, to more sexual interaction and touching, but that's not entirely the case in this. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing to really stress too is that as far as comfort goes, if this if someone's love language is physical touch, things like hugs and uh, a hand on the shoulder when when your friend is distressed, when if this is their love language, that will really mean a lot for them and feeling safe and 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 loved. <laughs> yeah. And I do want to throw in another thing here too, uh soloists out there. If mm -hmm. physical touch is your love language and you are finding yourself alone for quarantine reasons or it's just, you know, a lonely Valentine's Day, weighted blankets, big mm. body pillows, all of these things can really, really um, help and and relieve some of that touch starvedness too. Snuggies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pets. If you need an excuse to mm. buy a pet, pets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good cuddlers good cuddlers yes. for sure now the next one is my own personal love language this is my top uh, primary love language and this is acts of service and this love language really refers to the burden of responsibility being taken off one person by another in a relationship phrases like i'll help you with blank i'll do this blank for you that shows that you're a team and I think if this is your partner's preferred way to receive love, then acts of service is going to be going out of your way to really lighten whatever the workload is for them. And sometimes this is hard for, for people to recognize that this is their, their love language. I didn't realize that acts of service was my thing. You know, sometimes we we may be misaligned with tasks that we'd like to delegate to someone else and we don't really know how to do that and so even establishing a plan for things that they would like to get done is something that i'm fond of personally because that helps me deepen my trust with my partner literally i love to hear him ask what can i do for you because that's i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you a straight answer on what you can do for me and you know, it can be other things. It can be surprising them with things that you know they'd like you to do. Like when he hand washes my car. I love that. When he does, takes like some of my things in to be tailored. I love that. I'm like, thank you. And any kind of errands, if he knows like, ah, oh, I've got a busy day, I should help out Nat. <laughs> then I really love when he shows me that acts of service. Now, this is not natural to him. He is a helper type of person but when we were talking about this we were trying to figure out where the acts of service could come from that felt natural because for me I was like cooking cooking do cooking like I love cooking but I want to see him build a skill up and so it's not natural for him to cook I've watched him I promise you it's not natural <laughs> <laughs> with how he cooks so okay but yeah, um, that's so much work and effort that he's putting in. I can mm -hmm. I see how much love that is. Yeah. 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 
yeah and this is one of those things you know if you're if you're if you want to like make it stony if you're stomped to find out what your puff puff partner needs then you know asking them what you can do to just make their chill time easier is a big thing when he knows i'm going to either record this or chill with my friends and get stoned he like sets up my little he sets up my little sesh for me he like gets my my oils and he gets all my he gets all my drugs oh, out and he That's lays amazing. out my tray and so like whatever it is like if you hate cleaning that fucking bong and you know that acts of service is your love language maybe ask your partner if they would do that or i make my partner do all the herb grinding because fuck that um, <laughs> <laughs> i have all the right is and so he has no problem doing it and i like to think that this is again a nice way to show how appreciative you are that you have this person who is really mindful of what it takes to to reach out to you and make you feel loved Oh, I am such the opposite on you, on this one from you. I, okay, so, so Gary Chapman says that people like to give and receive in the same love language. And that is just really not true for me. This is like hugely the language that I like to give in. I like to, to take burden off of someone who's struggling because they're sick or stressed or work or their mental health isn't that great. Like mm -hmm. I love to, to do their dishes for them or to clean up after them. However, my own personal baggage has left me feeling <laughs> like the shame monster is in the building oh. every time somebody tries to do these things for me because I don't feel like I deserve it or that I should have been able to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I end up being more stressed at the thought of receiving in this language. And it's really tough for me. Sure, sure. Um, and I, I think it's one of those things, too, is the opposite of, of acts of service sometimes. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of opposing things that can happen from these love languages. You, you kind of need to shield yourself a little bit from the hurtful ways they can manifest. So for some people with this, with this love language, what I hear with my clients is that they feel like they're being treated like a doormat. And so they feel like they're being walked on or being treated without sympathy or emotion or being forced or guilted into doing things. And so I know for some people, there's some complications around, around the love languages. And, and what you said is also one of those ways you, you may feel like someone doing this to you, you're not worthy of that, or you don't deserve that, but the person doing it wants to do it for you. And so you have to do your best to negate those feelings and let them show you this this way of loving you even if it feels uncomfortable at first you can get past it if if that's something that you want to do um and so yeah i think yeah so for me what it ended up looking like was the friends who are able and and partners and things that are able to do this for me and have it not be like stressful it feels like it's successful because of them knowing me and seeing me mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it and and they know how to do it in a way like they know which which is the right thing to, to take yeah. on for me and which ones I just can't handle and just yeah they create the space for that to be possible and so it almost feels more like just general intimacy than it is in receiving yeah. the act of of service that that mm -hmm. I'm really appreciating but still yeah that's it's more like the brain hack that that I'm really appreciating them them nailing for me 
Yeah, yeah. And the more you the more you are, are mindful of someone else's habits or, you know, it's sometimes we get caught up in our own head and we can't see what stresses us out. But from the outside, people are like, oh, every time you do that thing, that's stressful. That's really helpful for your partner to be like, let me take that because I see how you struggle with it. And it's it's not as bad to me. I I love doing acts of service for people. I'm the same way as you. When someone is hurt, sick, burdened, overwhelmed, stressed, I'm like, let me help, please. I always feel like I can help. Um, the Italian American in me, I'm always like, can I feed you for like the next week? Yes. Like, can I yes. just, I, here's all the food that I have for you. <laughs> let me bake for you, please. You're like, please, please, please. And yeah, if you, if you're keeping the Stony again, tidying and readying the hot box spot, getting those munchies before you get stoned even hell i just make my partner take charge of the food delivery in mid sash because i know that i'll just order way too much and so i i view this as an act of service because you know when you're baked beyond anything having not to worry about pizza toppings until it actually arrives is fucking sweet because otherwise i'm like all the toppings i want all the toppings (laughs) (laughs) so again like this is this is my own personal way of receiving love and giving love and nothing says love to me like I don't want to do it here you do it. I love that. I love that. You know what would be the best act of service for me? Like, oh my God, have you ever dealt with a plug that is just unreachable? Just not having to deal with that ever again. Uh, just yes. <laughs> never again. <laughs> yes. You figure out you meet him in the exactly. cold three hours late. Like Sorry, Romaine. I didn't mean to shout you out. I know I'm still waiting on that order from last year, but that's all, <laughs> <laughs> all good. It's um, been so long I forgot the name of the plug that I should be calling out. <laughs> that's how long I've been waiting for that order. I can't what? even think of his name. <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed, but I was like, I'm not gonna forget this. I'm not gonna forget this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. that. He's really on the list of debts. January 29th, 2017. <laughs> you were supposed to meet me for that Never got that half gram. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Um, <laughs> okay, Vic- Victoria, tell us about quality time because I like okay. this one, but I this isn't actually one of my languages, and so I find it interesting. Well, now you're speaking my language because this <laughs> is my this is my top one. I cherish these types of engagements with people so quality time is putting the phone down putting the other worries and stress of the day down and being really present with your partner in that moment it doesn't have to be anything more than a walk um it can be it can be something more intense um or like a like a date night uh but really it's Mm -hmm. it's about how you're spending the time together more than anything else so if this is your love language, that's what you really value is that type of experience with somebody, you know, you tend to ask even when you're when you're getting gifts, it's, I, I prefer experience gifts, anything where I'm creating a memory yes. with the person yes. that lasts so much longer for me being able to look back on pictures or just my own memories of an event. It just feels like this bonding experience. I love new experiences too. And so like being able to do something for the first time with a partner, it just really, it's, it's so intimate. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's important what you said too. This quality time, oh, like you, you stoner lights know I, you know, I have a love hate relationship with social media. And this is important because we're talking about focused attention from your partner in this. And, and also, I think we should mention these love languages aren't just romantically entangled. This can be how you like to receive love on a whole from your family, your friends, your, your social circle, whatever it is. So when we're talking about quality time, we mean actually like fucking getting off Instagram. We know we have amazing posts, but just take like an hour and chill with someone. We, we have this in my friend circle where we're all on our phone. I'll look around the room and we're all looking at our phones and I'll just yell, rhinoceros on fire <laughs> just to see <laughs> if everyone's paying attention because yeah. often we're, we're not we're just we're not yeah it's just not the same to be in a room with someone for two hours and you're kind of like looking at your phone and doing these other things and even if you're just bolt watching the same movie but like in earnest and paying attention mm-hmm. to it and like are engaged and and just laughing together is so yep. powerful yep. and yeah, you just can't have that same experience with with the phone up. It's just your your attention is split and it's just not the same thing. No, no for sure. And you you you're explaining it, but like the quality time can be shared through activities, through conversation, through emotions. You know, just like Victoria is saying, if you're both laughing or watching television together or you're doing an activity together, the point is to be able to share a moment in time. It's called fucking quality time. Uh, not mm-hmm. to get like, not to get like hype, but I see this so much. And especially with my work, the biggest thing I have to tell clients is put your phone away. You really need to be intentional about the time you're spending with someone because I have some friends who give no shits that we're all on our phone. And I have some where if I'm on my phone for a little bit too much, then they send me a text the next day and say, hey, I kind of feel like our time together wasn't as as quality as I wanted it because you're on your phone. And so I think it's important that you try to create this space for the quality time, even if this isn't your love language. Otherwise, it just feels like you're just chilling out and wasting time together in the same room which is great and fun and like we all should have people in our lives that we can do that with and be comfortable with but there's just something really meaningful and and looking somebody else in the eyes and just engaging in this in this thing in the the same way and so lucky for for you stoners out there Mm -hmm. weed makes this so easy get smoking a joint together or a bowl (laughs) it's like you're creating this liminal space with somebody else it's just so easy it's instant you are both high on the same strain like you're vibing on the same wavelength it just Mm -hmm. really makes this so easy i think and it's it's so easy then to just do any like so many different things that could spark uh, a quality time level experience oh, yeah. from doing a puzzle together. So fun. Hi. Or coloring, <laughs> playing a video game, trying some new hobby, like build Legos or, or, or try baking even. Oh, it's yeah. so, it's so enhanced by weed, I think. Yeah. And also we've talked about this on other episodes, but we all know that weed really does help lower the inhibition. So 
if this is a place where you're struggling and maybe, you know, I sh- I've shared before, I'm very type A, my mind's always going. I love weed because weed helps me slow shit down and really enjoy the moment. And so yeah. when I'm looking for quality time with people, when I don't want to be distracted by my phone, I'm like, all right, let me, let me toke up with you. Cause I know I'll be paying attention that I know the cannabis will help me really be in the moment. One thing that I've done recently that's been a lot of fun is is playing a and adding to a Spotify playlist or whatever you know platform you use and doing a collab playlist and everybody got to add to the vibe and you got to be present and like paying attention to the songs that were just loaded up oh, before you and then so you can line up stuff that goes with the vibe and just you oh. know it's it's really intimate. Yeah. Look at you. Okay, I like yeah. that. I forgot that they had that feature where you could just hop in. I'm I'm such a little music Nazi. Like we have a rule where where whoever's <laughs> house we're at, that's who gets to decide the music. We do the same thing with car rides. But if the car ride is longer than 90 minutes, then everyone gets to choose. So like we clearly, as my social group, you see, we have <laughs> we've had some issues with music. <laughs> you got rules you got systems that's we great got issues with with that's the great. playlist with the ux cord so yeah we definitely had to really did i yeah i just said that um we you we said trust issues but what it is and sounds like is y'all found a system that works for you to solve <laughs> all these problems that's beautiful that's friendship that's conflict really resolution does. right there it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Now, the least common of all of the love languages, only by a small margin, is receiving gifts. Of the five love languages that we've discussed in particular, this one gets a bad rep because if we hear someone likes receiving gifts, then that sounds very superficial. I know because this is my love language. I love to receive gifts. This is my second Uh, secondary love language and this is also what I like to do I love giving gifts to people and so for me when it comes to this particular love language it's not the idea of spending money on me but the idea of symbolizing the affection that someone has for me in a physical form and so the the gifts really they need to have a meaning and they they kind of symbolize my relationship you know the most universal example of this is going to be a wedding ring to some people that's just going to be an expensive rock but to other people it's a symbol of infinite and endless eternal love yada 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 um it could also be just a bag of chips you shared on your first date or printed photograph of your dream vacation destination or anything else like that i really don't want receiving gifts to get a bad rep because I know that on the surface it seems like it does and it's not necessarily materialistic I like knowing that someone has put the thought into whatever it is they're giving me it doesn't matter how small or big it is I just love the notion that someone had to stop and really think about what does Nat what would Nat like would she like this let me get it for her so it's more about that that's what I like yeah that's what it's that's what it's about too for me when it comes to gift giving is I I want to give a gift that's meaningful I can say this because it's it's going to come out after the birthday of the person that it's for but (laughs) I have spent the last month learning how to make croissants for somebody who is from Europe and she misses them desperately. And my gift to her is to learn this skill and to make them for her whenever she wants them going forward. And that's 
that's what I like to do. And, and how I like to receive gifts too is, is something meaningful or handmade goes mm, further for me yes. than some expensive gift would any day. So I don't, I don't think it, it necessarily has to be attached to the negatives. And I do see why it gets a bad rap for sure. But just <laughs> like any of the other love languages, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons or with the wrong mm-hmm. intentions, you could do any single one of them wrong. Uh, I yeah. think this one just on the surface seems materialistic and that's why people give it a bad name, but it really, really, for me, truly homemade gifts or just small things that are like, this reminded me of you for this reason. And it's just a rock yeah. that they found on the beach. That's, yeah. that's going yeah. on my altar. That's going to be the most treasured thing <laughs> that I have, you know, like, I love that. Yeah, no. And just like Victoria mentioned i don't think she realized but i was going to suggest if this is something you know your partner has as love language try to keep a little like a little cell phone note page dedicated to small things they mentioned the fact that you remembered your friend was craving this oh this is so sweet it's like it really takes the pressure off trying to find out what someone wants last minute if you're just again quality time with people spending time with people maybe it's in a text conversation that they said um i just think this is this can be a really sweet way to to show that you care about someone um and when it comes to making it more more stony based then this can be oh my gosh i've gotten so many stoner gifts lock box boxes cool any kind of can gadget i'll take even if when my partner shares his keith collection that he's been oh holding on to oh i know that's to the love. kingdom yes that is love right there <laughs> girl that is love <laughs> yes yes or for my birthday um he was like here you go here's 500 dollars for the dispensary go get some stuff but please share with me and i was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely amazing <laughs> and so this i feel like these are these are literally can be just tokens of your affection it doesn't necessarily have to be a grand gesture it just needs to you know have some thought behind it and hopefully make the person feel moved by the thought or effort put into choosing this gift as well as the time spent organizing it if that's what you're doing some of the best gifts i've gotten are from people who don't smoke very often but they're like hey i know Mm -hmm. what a stoner you are and i know you've been wanting to hang out with me and smoke you want to smoke a bowl together like it's been a while i'm down i'm down to get high again Yep. And and that's always such a treasure to get to share that with someone, especially if they don't do it very often. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, this this is one of those things where think about the symbolizing behind this. What are you trying to show? Um, it doesn't this this actually this gesture, this love language doesn't require money if you don't want to use money with it and so this is this is a little tangled up with society because we know that society's association with gifts and are with shallow love even if that's not the case with actual receiving gifts as a love language so we also decided we were going to come up with a sixth language because there's been people who have said that there's a six. Lo- I've seen people say like weed is my sixth love language. I used to say brunch was my sixth love language because ooh, I love a brunch. But I think we came up with a sixth one. What was the sixth one we came up with, Victoria? Uh, humor and wit. There's nothing that gets to my heart faster than a good conversation with someone who's funny as hell. There just yes. really isn't. Yes, yes. I think I think people. Anyone who says they don't like comedies 
sets me off. That's like my red flag alarm. Big red when, flag. Big red flag. <laughs> who doesn't love to laugh? Who doesn't love to laugh? And I think it's important that we're saying humor and wit because being funny is I love people who are funny. But oh, when I can have legit banter with mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. It's like a nothing beats good answer. banter. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. And and just like all the rest of these, it comes mm-hmm. off the back of of all the other love languages. If you spend that quality time together, you're gonna nail that banter. You know where their yep. their buttons are. You know what's gonna make them laugh and what is too far, <laughs> so that you don't oh, cross yeah. the wrong lines. <laughs> Growing up with three older brothers really really helped me get that. Oh, oh god, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's eat or be eaten with three older brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I can absolutely, absolutely see that. And for me, I, I, my friend and I, my best friend and I, we have, we have such a rapport together that we can literally just give each other a look somewhere. And we know we're like, oh, and we know. And like, we'll just start cracking up. And people are like, what are you all <laughs> laughing about? And I'm like, didn't you see him? He did the look like, no, I have no idea what you're, what you're talking about. I think this is, this is definitely a, a skill and it's, it's appreciated because if you like me grew up with sarcasm as the soundtrack of your greatest joys and grievances mm-hmm. then engaging in it it feels really familiar and and complete I love it yeah I don't feel right without that kind of banter either I, I feel like I grew up in a family full of very funny fast sarcastic people and you really did have to keep up so I, I it's really something I treasure when I'm around people that that I can have that kind of conversation with People yeah. won't even let my sister and I play taboo together. We're too good. Oh, We're too good. Yes. I'm just Trust like, you know, that friend. one time at that place mm-hmm. and she's yep. just like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we have things like that too. We can't play categories and taboo. <laughs> I'll be like that one time in 2008 when you had that hat and he'll be like, boom. And they'll be like, you're cheating. You're cheating. I'm like, we can use any clues. <laughs> I didn't say the word. I didn't say the word. And so. Yeah. Really, whatever its source, humor really softens the edges of like discomfort. It dilutes the acid of our disappointment sometimes. It soothes the aches of when we feel like we don't belong. And like, who are we fucking getting around? When you get stoned, <laughs> most things are funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. What a willing audience. That's a that's the moment. If you want to practice your type five, do it with a stoned audience. Yeah, like seriously, like I, I can laugh at the stupidest shit when I'm stoned. Um, like I think a few months ago I was rewatching House for some reason, and <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen it all, but I was just stoned and couldn't find anything. <laughs> I was like, I'll watch this, and so as I was watching, I was just cracking up, and my partner was like why are you laughing at this this man is getting surgery he's like he might not make it his family's here and i was like it's all so fake i was like look at it the set the lights you can see the lines it's all so fake he's like yeah it's a television show i'm like but you can see it and like he just he just started cracking up he was like i have no idea what you mean right now but you are in hysterics and it's making me in hysterics Weed does take them blinders off, though, sometimes. <laughs> I do. It feels like almost like they pulled the camera back a little and you can see that you're on a soundstage when you're high. You're like, I see that you're acting. I know this isn't real. Like, I know you're a human being and you're not, you're not Dr. Chase. I know that. 
Yes. Yes. It's, I don't know what it is about, about watching some, some, for me, it seems to be serious shows when shows are trying to be too serious. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> on that brink of laughter, even if nothing is remotely funny. And so it just pushes me when I see that. I just, I, I think I'm stoned. Why are you taking this so seriously? And it just manifests in that way. Yeah. And then when I'm, when I'm high and I watch something like Kimmy Schmidt instead, I'm yeah. like, oh, this, this is how the world actually is. And it's yes. not. This is yes. how the world is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think you've come up with some great thing. You're like, I see it all now. It's like, no, you're just fucking stone. You're just stone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Cause love language, I think they're, they're really often overlooked in relationships. And I think in reality, it's, really understanding how someone gives and receives love like you said at the very beginning is a key to really creating this healthy partnership with someone and they're kind of a non-traditional concept that really focuses on self-discovery mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure you know like it's not traditional to really speak about this this kind of stuff people don't like doing this work sometimes yeah it's just there's just this idea, I think, that we're supposed to magically know what our partner wants and needs all the time that makes it movies. so we've just, yeah, movies especially, but the status quo is just that you're supposed to know and you're not supposed to have to ask for it either of your partner. Uh -huh. And if you do uh -huh. need to tell your partner like, hey, this is how you should love me or this is how I would like to be loved then your your relationship is failing and it's yeah. just really not true so just by no. even taking this step of saying like these are five broad categories of how to love somebody just acknowledging mm -hmm. that those five things even exist is a, like yeah. a step towards like incorporating some of those things that maybe you don't think about into the way you love your partner Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And not only is it a way to understand your partner, but it's also a step in becoming more self-aware and really finding out what values are mo most important to you. Because even though I knew I enjoyed things being done for me, I didn't have the words for it. And so whether it's uninterrupted time together or gifts or holding hands or cooking or compliments, we're going to make sure to put the link for the love language quiz that you can take. It's not very long. It's www5 the number five lovelanguages.com and we'll put a link for that so that you can really start sharing this this journey into self-discovery with your partner and if you ha do have a partner make them take it if you don't have a partner take it it's a good thing to know i've seen it on like dating profiles where people will put like my love languages you know and they'll put quality time or words of affirmation and i think it's good to i think you start off on the, on the right foot when you have that information I think so too. And just would like to say that I think mine changed since the last time I took the test. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think it's possible, especially if your numbers are kind of close, that as you get older or with the relationships that you have now, these things might have changed. So even if you've taken this test and you think you know, I was a little surprised by some of my answers. So I definitely suggest taking it again um, and just sort of refreshing yeah. for your own self on where you're at. Yeah, take it, take it often. I try to take it every couple of years or if I get a new partner, I like to take it just so that when I'm with them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to be into this, but not anymore. So like, don't don't be scared of it. It's and the thing is, you can just take the test and you don't have to share it with anyone if you don't want to. It can mm -hmm. just be knowledge for yourself just so that, you know, when you see things, you're like, yeah, that's how I like it. You know, I, I keep taking the Myers-Briggs personality test over and over again, mm. expecting my number to change or my answer <laughs> to change. And I don't know if that's the ENFP in me, but I just keep getting ENFP. 
<laughs> you're like, oops, yeah, it's like we told you what you are. Yeah, that's that seems pretty rock solid. Who I am? Trust us, trust us. Well, do you know what I am really excited to try, Victoria? What's that? Bungee of the week. <laughs> what you got? Because I heard some rumblings that you had some homemade shit. Oh my god! So I've been on such a kick with the baking lately with mm-hmm. the croissants that I have. Uh, so burrata is my munchie of the week. Ooh. And burrata, for those of you who don't know, is a magical little ball of cheese that mm-hmm. inside of it, and it's mozzarella cheese. Inside of it is cream mixed with shredded mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese. So it's just it's a, a big bomb. ball of cheese heaven. <laughs> and I have been pairing that with homemade pesto. I oh. made some focaccia and I put it on some some roasted cherry tomatoes and some balsamic Jealous. glaze. Oh my god, it's been amazing. Jealous. Um. Okay, like I have so many questions because I've had burrata two ways. I had it once with peaches, I believe. Ooh, yeah, like a dessert. Yeah, like grilled peaches. Ooh, yum! I'm writing this down. (laughs) I didn't know it was cheese. It was. It might have been nectarines, but yeah, it was. It was. They were grilled, and like I didn't realize what it was until I cut it open and then oh my god it was like fucking magic in the middle it was like mozzarella yeah. heaven oh my god How mozzarella heaven this? is perfect i don't make the cheese i buy okay. the cheese okay, so okay, that okay. that but the thing is is that you buy like a container of it and it's got like three or four of these uh burrata balls in it so once mm-hmm. once you open it you've only got a couple of days that they're still good <laughs> so i'm like okay i need to find as many different ways as i could do yeah. this and i i reached out to some friends who are all stoner cooks and they <laughs> came back in spades with options for me. Up nice. another one I have to try is um someone suggested roasting grapes and having it with Ooh. the burrata. And I think that's in the neighborhood of the grilled peaches. Yeah. Yeah, it, we had like it was like strawberries and peaches and some mm. some like blueberries and so I've 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 seen it with the tomatoes but I didn't get to have it with the tomatoes I had it with the peaches and so I fucking love me some tomatoes and yeah. this also just sounds like a really like I know it's cheese but it sounds like kind of a really clean munchie to to have. It feels like it. I don't know if it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look it up. But I feel good when I'm eating it. I have to say, it feels fresh because it's like a little bit cold with warm food. Some mm-hmm. something about that feels like farm to table. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. I. Yeah. Ugh, we haven't. We have not had a giant cheese ball. Uh, with a fancy name like burrata so congrats <laughs> on being the first with the fucking cheese ball munchie of the week um this thank is you i promise i i won't be so bougie the next time i'll give something <laughs> some Please. gas station snacks for sure next time <laughs> like, Here's I love me some gas station on. snacks slim jim mm. i was just talking to numbers. someone about 7-eleven having like again i was stoned when i had this revelation but mm-hmm. I was like, if aliens come down to Earth and they want to know what a hot dog is, they need to go to 7-Eleven. I know that (laughs) hot dogs are trash. I know they're bad. I know, like, all the things wrong with them, but they're my guilty pleasure food. And I feel like 7-Eleven makes the perfect hot dog. That big bite is just, mm, oh, so good. I gotta say, there's just something about it being under the heat lamp for a little while that just adds, adds a little, I don't know what it is. It's just, but once you decided that what you want is a hot dog, you don't care that it's from 7-Eleven. No, 7-Eleven no. is what 
makes it taste so damn good. This is 1 a.m. thoughts, like absolutely mm-hmm. me going like <laughs> they know me now. They're like, oh, we saved some of the hot dogs from the day. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm in here for juice. I'm not in here for a hot dog. Don't call me out. But just put it in the bag. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Victoria, we're going to move to our next segment, which is called Fact or Fiction. It is a segment where I will read you a statement and you tell me whether you think this is fact or fiction. Don't worry, All these right. have not been too clever because I look for them while stoned as well. <laughs> <laughs> when a person is in love, their heartbeat synchronizes with that of their lover. Is that true or is that false? I'm going to say false. A good guess. Good guess. It sounds completely okay. ridiculous, right? Well, I mean, I I studied science, so I'm going to say that I don't think that that's how hearts work. I hope that's not how hearts work. If your heart's working like that, please see a cardiologist. So it is actually, it's actually fact. It's... No! It's, <laughs> no I feel so duped. This cannot no, okay. be true. It's okay. I totally went searching for things that had to do with love and love languages. And I was like, that's not real. And then I was like, oh, bitch, it's real. So (laughs) scientists found that couples breathing patterns and heart rates would match up after sitting close to each other. They didn't even have to really be holding hands or talking for this to happen. And they tested this and it did not work among strangers. The team from the University of California, Davis, they were studying these physical effects of being in a relationship and they discovered that there was more to it than their hearts skipping a beat at the sight of each other. So they've done some research on this and found out that that one person in a relationship can experience what the other person is experiencing emotionally. But now it shows it's also at at a physiological level. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, I okay, so that I can that sounds like it makes sense to me. Yeah, when you nerd it up, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I definitely have experienced that feeling calm around a partner. Yeah, yeah. And they I think they did this exercise with 32 straight couples who were connected to heart and respiration monitors and they were asked to sit just a few feet away from each other in a quiet calm room and they weren't allowed to speak or touch and at one point they were told to mirror the movements of the other person and the data revealed that they both showed similar patterns of heart rate and respiration but that women tended to adjust theirs to their partners more of course we're so awesome (laughs) we're like here (laughs) that's fascinating yeah, it's, I mean, now I feel like I'm going to use that as like a barometer. I'm going to be like, let me feel your heart. Are you really in love with me? It's not beating to mine. You ain't in love with me. I right, go on first dates with the little thing that you stick on your finger that reads your oxygen <laughs> level and your heartbeat, please. Like, Leave that on for the date, tanned on the table. I'm a watch. <laughs> You're like, we'll see how compatible we are. What, what are you at? 89? Mm, mm. And like, yeah. <laughs> Or you know, maybe they got the watch already on. You don't even need you don't even need to bring your own equipment. If they got the Apple Watch, you just request the data after the first date. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I was just wondering. I know this is kind of an odd question, but can I get your stats for yeah? It's it's the hour that we were eating. Just that hour. I just want to see your heart movement. I want to line them up to mine. That's all. See if we're compatible. Nothing creepy. Nothing creepy at all. (laughs) Just like the new age way of being like, what's your sign? Just being like, yes. Let me see that Fitbit. 
make them wear one of those monitors that you can wear when you do yoga or like sleep or something that like or meditate you know just like show me them brain waves (laughs) no one needs to know about this this is awful i'm not going to tell anyone about this don't tell anyone about this stoner lights you're you're in for a world of trouble (laughs) well victoria thank you so much for being on the show i had a blast with you me too join me some other time and we can get stoned and goof off absolutely thanks so much for having me yeah of course and guys you know where you can find us on the web we have a new digital crib we are at www.stonedandsocial.com like rock and roll we are still hanging out over instagram don't worry you can send us all your memes all your pictures of weed and please any munchy suggestions we will take and we will cherish and we will eat them i promise other than that we will be back next week same time same place don't forget guys namaste in love with yourself Bye.